just by acknowledging that you have these emotions and not shaming ourselves for not doing more with this new normal is really important. I mean, I always think about having self-compassion and, you know, talking to yourself like you would talk to a good friend. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. I am joined by a very special guest today, and I was actually honored by her I'm like very well magazine, but her, she, she was the, the honoree, uh, honored, honoree. Is that right? Honoree. How do you even say that? I was honored. Yeah. You were, you were awarded. Um, I was awarded. A special honor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hello, <laughs> Rachel Berman is on the show. Uh, I'm so excited to be chatting with you and we've been trying to make this interview happen for, I feel like it's been months, uh, quite some time. And obviously we are in the middle of this global pandemic and we we're honored to have you on the show. First of all, thank you for being here. Thanks and I, me. I'm just, of course, I'm so excited to be chatting with you about a, a plethora of different things because I know that um, we could really use your expertise right now. We can really use your words of encouragement of wisdom of insight especially during a time where most of us are home and we're either you know to me I'm like you're either in a good place or you're not in a not great place and I feel like depending on the day we all have experienced the spectrum of emotion and so first of all I want to check in with you to see how you're doing and and we can just take it from there yeah um thanks for having me on the show I'm thrilled to be here um, yeah, I mean, it's like a roller coaster, right? Minute to minute, I feel like how I'm feeling about the situation is changing. And as you know, working from home with a young child without childcare, it's very chaotic. Uh, but um, trying to be very grateful for my health and for this extra time with my family, I think that's you know, it's important to acknowledge the positives in our life and, and what we're grateful for in this time. Yeah. And that I think is, is such a huge thing. It's a, it's such a huge realization to come to, right? When you are in a chaotic state and then you're like, wait, hold on. I get an opportunity. This is an opportunity to practice gratitude or to be grateful that I'm not in this other place where I have to worry about X and Y and Z. But that of course doesn't make it any easier when you're in the moment of having a moment, yeah. which, which I've had several. <laughs> I just have to say, uh, I've openly talked about it. Um, but I want to talk about the, these awards that you, um, honored a, a lot of different podcasters uh, with 
where did you, how did that come about? And, and truly, I mean, I, I posted about this on Instagram, but I was very excited because I haven't wanted anything since I was in kindergarten or the first grade, I think. And I, I, it's just something that has never crossed my mind. And I feel so completely honored to have been in the company of people that I admire and podcasts that I listen to. So thank you. That was oh, Rosie, it was so well-deserved. Um, I'm surprised you haven't won anything. You should win all the awards. Um, but we, so essentially at Very Well, um, you know, I'm the general manager of Very Well, which is um, a health and wellness site that really focuses on the whole person, considering their physical and mental health. And our content is uh, based in science. And we like to obviously source all the research studies that are relevant uh, to make sure all of our content is accurate, but also very empathetic and talk to people with, um, with like a real tone. We know what you're going through. We'll talk to you in a way that puts things into perspective for the person. It's not just like a textbook health information site. So that's kind of like our ethos. And what we wanted to do with these awards is award people who share those qualities, who, who, you know, conveyed health and wellness information in a way that was non-judgmental, but was very accurate and real and talking to humans. Um, so what we did is we pulled our readers, we pulled actually a half a million of our readers. Um, we reach about 30 million people a month. But we pulled about half a million people via email on the categories they were most interested in learning about and um, podcasts and streaming, um, motivational information was was one of the top categories and and then we had we have a review board of experts who review all of our content and they helped us nominate winners and um, the person who specifically nominated you was Amy Marin, who I know has been on your podcast before and she is a longtime writer uh, and reviewer at very well. Um, so she nominated you, and then we had this whole voting system with our editorial team and essentially awarded 100 people in the wellness industry who provide information in a way that is really science-backed but is also really relatable and, and, and real, and, uh, and we were thrilled to, to honor you there. Yeah, no, it's such a such an honor, and I love Amy's been on the show s several times. Uh, she's been a longtime supporter, and I've, you know, admired Amy's work and writing for years now. And so that's that's huge. I actually didn't know that, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give her a call and be like, hey, by the way, I just yeah, found wonderful. out. Yeah. That's so great. So I, I wanted to talk to you a, a little bit more about your background. And I know that, you know, prior to this whole thing happening, the idea was we were going to talk about body positivity and we were going to talk about sort of the, the um, mental aspect of that. And obviously now we're in the middle of this global pandemic, but I, I still feel like it's an important topic for us to talk about because now more than ever, we have a device that lives on our palm constantly and it's going to be i feel like even more difficult for us to not utilize comparison as a way to gauge our own worth and value when that's really our only connection to the world even for the people that i know aren't necessarily on their phones all the time are finding themselves on social media 
more than they would have been on a regular, you know, back way back when, when we were able to go out in in the world. So I'm wondering what role do you think that's going to have? What role is that going to play in our lives with regard to this idea of how we value ourselves or how we view our, our physical bodies as women? Yeah. I mean, those are, those are all great points. I'll just start with, you know, I'm a, I'm a registered dietitian by trade. So I worked in hospitals and healthcare systems way before I took on a role uh, at very well where, you know, it's more digital publishing. You're not really seeing patients. Um, but one of, you know, my areas of expertise was with uh, uh, eating disorders and mental health conditions. So I worked um, just prior to taking this position uh, with Columbia University and their outpatient psychiatric program. And we conducted groups on body positivity and also just po- uh, positive nutrition behaviors, as well as con- I conducted meal groups or actually ate with these people. And we talked about how we felt before and after we ate. So it was really nutrition up close and personal. But in that experience, I worked very closely with psychologists and, um, and psychiatrists to talk about the mental aspect of, of how we eat. And I think that that's, you know, somewhat tied to what we're talking about here, because when we talk about body positivity, we are, you know, a lot of times thinking about food, what foods we should and should not eat, and feeling shame around those things. And I, and I almost think things are heightened now, as you mentioned, in quarantine because we're limited on what we can and can't eat. And we're, we're worried that, you know, we're stocking up on these foods and it's, we don't maybe don't have the luxury of having fresh fruits and vegetables on hand all the time. So there, there is a lot in that aspect. And then the emotional aspect, you know, eating as a way to cope with some of these mental health issues that people are having um, as they're in quarantine. So it's very complex to answer your question about social media. I, you know, it's, it's double-sided because on the one hand, it is the place, it is the only place where you're connecting with others right now. So it, it's not, it's, it's not really a surprise people are on it more. They think you're right that there's, this kind of feeling of uh, uh, envy that comes on people only posting the positives or them outside with their family, even if social distanced. And um, I think that that could be heightened too. So we all have to check ourselves, limit our screen time with social media. But I will say that in my personal experience with social media, I have actually been on it less because I'm crazy with working and taking care of a toddler. Um, but the messages that are on there are so much more positive. I feel like people are really kind of understanding what is a priority in life right now and not really as negative around um, or not really sharing things that are as negative. So I do see some positive light uh, shining through on the social media landscape right now. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You know, I, I like what you're saying. Well, I, I want to go back on, on, yes, I agree. I'm like, there's so many things that you said that I want to talk about. But I think 
going back to the whole emotional eating aspect of it, I think it's been something that I've personally for, for me, I'm an emotional eater. I mean, that's, that's what I do. It's, it's a comfort thing. And in the beginning of the quarantine, like the first, we didn't know how long it was going to last. It was two weeks. I'm like, Oh, two weeks. I get to be at home. Like, yeah, I'll get some work done and, and do some things. But it was like a, it was, every day was a Sunday, you know, like it was a treat mm-hmm. day. Everything, everything was a treat day. And then after the two weeks, it was like, Oh, we're doing another two weeks and now we're doing another month. And I think that, you know, it's important to be able to have other things that create that sense of easing so that it's not necessarily the food, the food, you know, and again, it's like, we have the choice to, to buy whatever type of food we want. And most of us, and that's a luxury too, because I know that some people don't have the luxury of buying healthy food. Um, but it's just, it's a matter of that, that comfort of not knowing, having uncertainty and, and how much uncertainty it were surrounded by right now, because we don't know what's going to happen. We've never lived through this before. We don't know what the effects are going to be. And, and we can get wrapped up in that, that frenetic state. And now with regard to social media, to your point, I think people are being way more mindful about how they're posting and what they're saying and, and the words that they're using or the type of um, content that they're putting out in the world. But I really do feel that you probably have it right. It's like, just spend less time on it. Try and focus on what you have going on. And it's like, you know, for the people that don't have a toddler, because that I'm sure takes up a lot of your time, but, you know, focusing on other things that might direct your attention to being that single pointed focus. I know that for me, it's, it's been super helpful to schedule myself out where I'm on social media in the first half of the day from like nine to maybe noon. And after that, that's it. There's no more unless I'm doing a class in the evening or something, but I, I, that'll be it and it'll be done. My phone will stay in one place and I just, I'll focus on doing other things, you know, but that, that takes a lot of work. And, and I have somebody that I live with, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't have a companion, mm-hmm. right? So what do you think for, for the people that are out there that don't have a companion that are by themselves, like what are a couple of things from your mental health perspective that they could be doing to feel that connection and maybe they don't want to spend so much time on social media? Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head with like finding other coping strategies. Um, for the record, emotional eating is not wrong, or a bad thing. I think culture Fix. has made it seriously. I think culture has made it like, oh, it's a, a, like you shouldn't eat out of emotion, only if out of hunger. When the truth of the matter is, is that it's a totally natural way to self-soothe. It just becomes a problem when it's your only coping mechanism. So if you're only using food to cope, then that's that's an issue. So what you really want to do is, um, you know, expand other strategies. So one of those things is reaching out to others, having Zoom calls with friends. I have like a standing Zoom with my college friends every Thursday night at nine, which is really helpful. And it, actually, I'm talking to my friends probably more than I did before because we just are making that extra effort. And I've noticed that a lot with a lot of people. Um, There are, of course, things you could do like chat. I think that if you're living alone, you're, you're often feeling like overwhelmed and 
feeling like you need to have some kind of control maybe there are things that you can do virtually to help like donating to charities if you're able or even um, donating your time to some of these virtual organizations out there that are helping others in need right now so I think that those are ways to feel connected with others when when you're living at home Um, you know but back to the emotional eating thing for a minute like I just want to also say that there are no good or bad foods Um, you you know, one of the things is expanding your coping mechanisms if you feel like you're emotionally eating too much. But another thing is also just like to practice acceptance and to accept all foods as being okay. Because when you label something as bad, you end up depriving yourself of that food. You you avoid it. You might be more likely to overeat it later on. So ban those foods, those words from your language when it comes to food. Foods are not good or bad. They're all just fine and have a balance of things in moderation. Um, And the other thing, by the way, is to eat enough. Sometimes we like skip meals or don't eat enough because we feel, we feel like we should, you know, lose weight or like have some control of our diet during this time. And then that ends up backfiring and causing overeating. Mm -hmm. So it's important to make sure that you're eating enough at your meals, eating balanced meals. um, And that will, actually it sounds counter to it limit urges and maybe help you eat like a more well-balanced salad in general yeah no i love i love that so much because i'm i'm of the same uh mindset i'm i'm the extreme person though i'm i'm the like i'll eat pancakes all day for every meal like i that's with you know that that's my my coping you know especially when i don't I feel like I need the comfort. I just need, I'm a sugar addict. Like I need, everything needs to be sweet. So the balance thing doesn't exist. It's like, no, I'm going to have popcorn and then I'm going to have ice cream and then I'm going to have pancakes and then I want to bake some cookies. And then, you know, it's like the the thing that happens. But I think I, I love what you're saying because that happens more often, I think for especially most women where we think, oh, that's bad. I'm going to sk- skip a meal or I'm going to do this. or And it's like, why? that? I, I totally agree with your uh, method of just saying, I like what you said, er- everything's just fine. Like everything's fine. It's not, this is a good or a bad. It's just, er- this is fine. Like I can have this. This yep. is good. It's yeah, this and is doing make the me feel next, good. Doing the next right thing too. And not like, because even if you, you do feel guilty about having, um, you know, overeating at a meal, let's say. Doing the next right thing is it then not skipping your next meal because you're going to end up like it's, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a vicious cycle. So doing the next right thing is just having a well-balanced, like as nutritious meal as you can and like leave it at that and then keep going on with your life. Um, if you constantly are overcompensating, you're going to overcompensate later on. Yeah. Have you heard of the, uh, I've read a couple articles about Zoom fatigue. Have um, you seen that? I haven't, but I ha- definitely have that. <laughs> yeah. So can we, I'm curious as a mental health you know, connoisseur. I'm curious what you think of that because so the article basically talks about how um, this thing that happens for people that are in Zoom meetings a lot that the 
it's an ocular distraction when you see people in the background, like say if your toddler came into the background or you had a dog or there's ambient things going on in different screens, your eyes are getting tired of taking all that movement in. And the other thing that it talked about was um, how it, it creates a deeper intimacy with people. And some people can't really, it's energetically taxing because for a person, maybe they're talking to their boss on Zoom. It's a little bit more like you're looking at their eyes and you're, you're taking in their attention and their awareness. It's a little bit more intimate and it's energetically taxing for people that aren't used to having that type of interaction with certain people from work. So it's creating this um, yeah, this fatigue, like an energetic depletion of sorts. So I'm curious, obviously you just said that you've experienced it. I want you, if you could tell me a little bit about it and just what can you intuit that's coming from? Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to be more on too. like, you have to project yourself more through the screen than you would in person. Like even, you know, you have to like use your, like use more hand motion to like, show how your how you're feeling and how your emotions are aware in person that stuff may come more naturally um so i think i think that's part of it i think it's also actually hard to pay attention to after a certain point like you might be in a zoom meeting and then five minutes later zone out um and like you know start thinking about something else um and i and I think that's happened a lot. It's not just like fatigue. It's just like, forget it, boredom, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that there are, there are strategies that you can do to kind of like, you know, stay focused and, and stay engaged and, you know, with the game, you know, in the game. And one of the things that I do personally is I like, try to acknowledge what someone has just said and try to just like remember the last thing that someone just said and then restate it so that I am, I know that I'm engaged. I like, it's just like a mental check for myself to stay engaged and stay like connecting with somebody. Um, but yeah, on the weekend, I find myself now on the weekends, like really, really needing to like, forget like drop the screens and drop like even watching tv and i wonder if that's the same for other people because of being in front of a screen all day every day during the week so that's yeah that's yeah no i i totally that's assessment. your <laughs> she's like that's the disclaimer i'm disclaiming this disclaimer yeah. yeah i've i've been doing digital detox weekend like every yeah. after Friday o'clock, it's been later than normal. Like normally I would stop working at like six o'clock, but lately on Fridays I've been working until about eight, but that's because Saturday, Sunday, I don't, I'm not on any of my devices. That means no Netflix. That's nothing. It's just no screen time. And it, it's a little bit wild, but once you get in the hang of it, now I'm like just waiting for the weekend. I'm like, I can't wait for the weekend so that I could just disconnect and read a a book, like a physical mm -hmm. book and just zone out and recharge, especially right, right now. This episode is brought to you by Remedio Wellness. There's no denying that these are stressful times. 
Emotions may be running on high for all of us, and that's to be expected. Even if you've never experienced anxiety like this before, we can certainly not predict what's going to come next, but we can manage how we respond to events in the world. By implementing self-care, we can help bring balance back into our body, back into our mind, getting the right amount of exercise, meditating, practicing yoga nidra, curling up on the couch with a good book. There are so many ways for us to get recentered. Sometimes we need a little help to calm us down, and that's where CBD comes in. CBD is one of over 100 cannabinoids that are found in the hemp plant. Remedial Wellness broad-spectrum CBD products help you create rituals to find calm and balance through plant-based natural means so that we can all make it through the best we can. There are tons of CBD products on the market, but most of them didn't really appeal to me. I always liked the idea of CBD, but I couldn't find one that I really wanted to use or that it felt fit my lifestyle. And then I found Remedio Wellness. They are sourced from the best quality hemp grown in the USA and completely THC-free. Remedio Wellness brings you top quality CBD products that are designed to help you feel great and build the life that you know you deserve. Order Remedial Wellness today with 20% off for our listeners. Visit RemedioWellness.com and enter the code LOVED at checkout. That's R-E-M-E-D-I-O-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot com and use the code LOVED at checkout. And now back to our show. I'm curious for you, you know, during this time, what have you been doing personally to recharge your energy? Like, have you been working more or less? And what are you doing on your daily? Do you have a ritual that you do every day? Like, how are you able to keep your own energetic cup filled? Yeah, that's, that's really important. I think everyone should ask themselves this question too on a regular basis. I think in the beginning of being um, quarantined or, or, or with the stay-at-home orders, I, I felt like I was working a lot more because there was like no boundary between work and home life or no commute to like break up. Okay, now I'm home, now I'm at work. It was kind of just like free-for-all. Um, uh, my personal life bleeds into my professional life. Everyone at work like has seen my son, knows him, like you know, knows that he likes Thomas the train engine because I put it on while we're in meetings. Like, it's just like bleeds all into each other. Um, And I think that that's a problem. You know, I think that, you know, in the past couple, several weeks, I've been putting a little more boundary between like, okay, I'm offline at six o'clock and I'm not going to necessarily respond to your email right away. And like kind of putting like the time limit on, when I'm at work versus I'm not at work, even if in between, I'm, you know, doing building blocks with my son and, you know, it's, it's a little insane. Um, But the other thing that I do every single morning without fail is meditate. And I've been doing that for about three years. Um, Not every single day, but most days, even just five minutes, five, 10 minutes. um, I use an app and just to kind of clear my head, even if um, my mind's racing during it, it's just something that is, is a ritual and, and is, um, allows me to have some sense of mindfulness in this crazy world. Yeah. Oh, that's super, super helpful. I think that part of our ability to be mindful during that, this time has more to do with 
I'm a scheduler. I need to have a schedule. Like I need to know, okay, I'm doing this, 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 and this. It just helps, helps keep my day from merging into the next where it's like, what day is today? Wednesday? What day? Thursday? It's all the same day. Now it's just, but it keeps it different so that Mondays I'm doing X, Tuesdays I'm doing X. And then, you know, whatever, like whatever those particular activities or that one particular activity is during the day, it helps break up the monotony of it just being one long groundhog's day. day. And I think it's, you know, part of what I find most important during this time is to just allow ourselves to be wherever we are. You know, we talked about this in the beginning. I don't know if we were recording it when we were talking about this, but to, to be okay with not being okay sometimes and just allowing yourself to have uh, emotions like we all do and not feel like you have to be learning a language or learning a new skill or reading books or taking courses. I think there's a lot of pressure on right now with again, just social media and and what we should be doing with our time. And I always think that we shouldn't shit all over ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm curious, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on that. Yeah. I, I think that it's like, we have all this extra time. Let's, you know, let's work on ourselves more. And I don't think we have, all this extra time necessarily we are you know we are working a lot of some people are homeschooling some people everyone's in it some people are essential workers and not you know have even less time it's um you know it's definitely not everybody's experience that they have all this free time all of a sudden and i think that just by acknowledging that you have these emotions and not and not um, shaming ourselves for not doing more with this new normal is really important. I mean, I always think about having self-compassion and, you know, talking to yourself like you would talk to a good friend um, or you would talk to like a younger version of yourself. I'm like, the, I have really bad self-talk sometimes. Um, And, you know, what really is just helpful is just to be mindful of that. Say, oh, yeah, this is not, this is a thought that's, is this rational? This is not really a rational thought. And then think, like, would you say this to your best friend if they were going through something hard? Would you say this to a small child if if they were, you know, struggling with this emotion or having the self-talk? Like, chances are you would not. You should not say those things to yourselves either. So that's something that I try to catch myself personally um, because I know it's something I do too. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, You know, part of why I started the podcast was number one, I just wanted to talk to all of my favorite people. That's really (laughs) the, the reason behind. But it was also to cultivate and create a community for people to go to, to get inspired, to feel supported, to just feel a part of something. You know, this is, I always say, this is our podcast. This isn't my podcast. This is our podcast. This is our space. And I feel like, um, you know, so much of what 
you do and you've done and you've taught, you've done the same, you have the same ethos, right? Creating something for everybody and for, to make it just equal along the lines for men, women, body, color, whatever, you know, size, et cetera, to make it, um, fair for everyone. So I, I really appreciate and admire that about you. Um, and I, I want to say that, you know, right now we're again in this current state where we don't really know what's going to happen, but what we do know is that we're all here together. We're trying our best to create spaces and places for us to feel more connected. So for you, um, I'm curious, what is it that you would like to see at the end of this? This will end. And what would you like to see happen once we come out of this uh, quarantine and we're re-entered back into a new normal? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that we hold some of the principles that we've learned right now. I hope that it doesn't go totally back to the way it was before. I really, what I would hope for is that people do slow down a little bit and do think about what, what is truly important in life and, and do think more about others. You know, I think what we're doing right now, you know, many of us are staying at home, we're doing this all for, um, primarily for other people, um, depending on, you know, obviously, where you live and, and, you know, what your pre-existing medical condition is and whatever it is, if you have one or not. So it's, it's something that I think, I think we should hold with us. And I, and I think that the world's going to change and I would only hope that uh, we're, you know, it's for the better. We're more mindful of everyone else's well-being too, not just our own. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think it's so true. Yeah, I, I hope that we can take this um, communal um, stance to to the world, like when we are able to to go back into the world. You know, the caring and the being grateful for essential workers and the mindfulness and the energy and the attention that we've had for people that are on the front lines that are doing what they can to to fight this global pandemic. So um, I, I want to be respectful of your time. So I have two more questions for you. Uh, one of them is with regard to your ability to um, really focus on what you want to create for your own personal life. Like whatever that is, you're a mom, you're, uh, you're a, a person in the health and wellness world that's very respected. You are somebody who cares a lot about people at large. I don't know who would focus on a health and wellness background that didn't care about people. Um, <laughs> so I always feel, I always feel like it's a very noble, um, it's a very noble career to focus on health and wellness. Um, what has been your what's been inspiring you the most during your own personal journey currently? Yeah, I, you know, you said it, I became a dietitian because I wanted to help others live healthier. And I think that um, that's why people go into, you know, healthcare in general. And now I get to do so 
at very well by reaching millions of people every month. It's not just, you know, it's not one-on-one like I had in the past, um, which is much more intimate. And like I mentioned, having meals with people, having actual food with people, patients. I mean, that's like the most up close and personal you can get. What's been helping me really lately actually is in light of everything that's going on, I've been writing more personal emails to the very well audience talking about my experience, talking about what's going on in the world, um, sharing what has worked for our editorial team, looping in our experts to do Q&As with our our audience, and having that more personal connection with them uh, than just like putting articles on on the internet, which is great, which is great and helpful too. Tons of people are searching. But that personal connection has really actually helped me right now um, and really allowed me to see what, what difference we're, we're really, what, even a small difference right now, how we're helping people with the content we're creating around coronavirus, um, particularly in mental health. So I think that's been really inspiring right now. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. I've sent so everyone, everyone I talk to, everyone I know, I mean, you really are posting some of the best content right now. And I know there's a lot of online publications, but I really feel like you guys do such an incredible job at And and we haven't even talked about this, but like to be able to keep it diverse, I think that you guys are probably one of the only ones that I feel like really represents people of all uh, backgrounds, ethnicities, genders. And and I really love that. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for saying that. That's so, that's very empowering for us too. Oh, good. Wonderful. All right. So uh, the final question is about this particular podcast. And obviously I stated why I started the podcast, but the other reason, the main, I should have said the main reason I wanted to talk to my friends, of course, but it comes from this idea of the radically loved ethos that we are radically loved and radically supported by God, source, universe, whatever higher power of your understanding that the universe works for us and not against us. And we live by this idea that everything we do is going to be supported, that we are being guided by some stronger force. Um, So the final question to you is, well, I'll ask you, I used to ask it in two parts, but then people would always like ask me to repeat it. So I just changed it, but I actually want you to answer the two-parter. So uh, here's the question is, how do you feel radically loved and what do you radically love? I feel radically loved by my family, whoever my family is right now, the people I live with, the people I don't live with, but talk to all the time, whether that's, you know, (laughs) that's, you know, my, my parents and, and, or my, my school friends, like I mentioned. Um, And I radically love my son who is like the center of my universe right now. Um, and, and I love this podcast. <laughs> it's this so podcast, wonderful. This podcast loves you back. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so honored. I really am. Like I, I am so honored and just completely just, I have no words. Um, thank you so much for honoring me. And thank you so much for being on this podcast. I mean, it really is um, so important for us to be able to have these conversations and 
you know, I wanted my audience to get to know you and your background and who you are. And I think it's important for us to just continue to expand this community as much as we can to make health and wellness accessible for everybody, um, to make any, all the yoga, meditation, mindfulness practices for everybody accessible. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I'm so grateful for all the content that you do for everything that you do. So thank you so much for that and for being on the show and for just being awesome. That's great. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you for all the wonderful work you do. Oh, that's so sweet. So for the people that are uh, listening to this or watching this on YouTube, where can they go to uh, learn more or to reach you? Um, well, you can go to my personal website, rachelberman.com and there's contact there. And then all of our, you know, a lot of our wellness content is at verywellfit.com. Yes. So we'll put the links to all that in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. Rachel, thank you so, so much for being on. I really appreciate you. You're the best. Stay safe. And everybody listening, we hope that you're safe as well. Thank you so much. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and let us know what you thought of this episode. Thanks, Rosie. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.